0: Welcome to Creative MKE, a conversation show from Imagine MKE, where we talk to creative leaders in Milwaukee and beyond to highlight all the incredible transformative power of their work in our region. We hope that after listening to the pod, you'll be able to imagine our city's arts and culture ecosystem and all the awesome artists, organizations, and creative assets within it in a new way. I'm your host, Elizabeth Gasparca. Hey there, listeners. Elizabeth here. Despite being just a little bit under the weather with seasonal allergies at the moment, sorry in advance for any sniffling, I am so excited to be here with you all this week. This week marks a few turning points for the show, including the launch of the new name, Creative MKE. The show is going to be coming at you every other week, just as imagine this podcast had been. But there have been a few important changes that you might notice. The show will be shorter in duration moving forward, with less banter and a focus on our guests' work within the creative economy. I'm so excited that this week also marks the start of our sponsorship from the Shepherd Express. I've been a reader and a fan of The Shepherd for as long as I've been in this city, going on 13 years. So it's fair to say that I'm stoked at the opportunity to continue telling the story of the strength of the arts and culture ecosystem in Milwaukee with this really great new partner behind us. Perhaps you came to the show today through The Shepherd Express. If that's the case, welcome. For today's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Kate Atwood and Megan Matusik, the co founders of Loco Plus. Loco Plus is the first streaming platform for local filmmakers, content creators, and music artists. In their words, they seek to, quote, level up content creators from social media platforms by providing a premium, curated, networked experience while offering audiences the opportunity to discover independent content by place. Loco Plus has just expanded to include Milwaukee as a new market. In our conversation, Kate, Megan, and I discuss everything from the power of the arts to tell stories to how Local Plus was founded as a platform to amplify the business of creative, as they say, and a bit about how it functions for users. In a world where creative intellectual property is prized, Local Plus is designed to empower the creator with access to multiple lines of merchandising in one place. As you'll hear in our discussion... Kate and Megan believe strongly in liberating artists from the dichotomy of scarcity versus abundance. They believe there should be a rich middle ground where artists can make a living and leverage their place as makers embedded within a community. Somewhere between making tiny amounts of money off of YouTube and making it big in Hollywood. I am so excited for you to hear this conversation. If you want to learn more about Loco Plus, please check out the show notes and. If you're listening right after the publication of this episode, please join us for the Loco Plus Mixer this Saturday at No Studios, where you can learn more in person. Kate Atwood, Loco Plus co-founder and CEO, is an author and speaker, was the founder of the nonprofit Kate's Club, and has been recognized for her executive roles at the Metro Atlanta Chamber and the Arby's Foundation. Throughout her diverse career, she has appeared on CNN, Headline News, The Today Show, and ABC's The View. Atwood, featured in People Magazine, The Huffington Post, and Good Magazine on its global Good 100 list, has received numerous awards for her work advocating for healing for children. Before co-founding Loco Plus, Atwood served as the first executive director of Choose ATL a Metro Atlanta Chamber initiative launched to promote Atlanta to millennials around the globe. Her work landed headlines in Forbes, Adweek, and Variety magazine. In 2018, Atwood's vision led to the creation and launch of the first-ever public city-based video streaming service called Thea, inspiring the creation of Loco Plus. Megan Matusik is the chief creative officer and co-founder of Loco Plus, while also heading up technology and innovation. Her film career began at Laika, the Academy Award-winning animation studio, where she worked as a marketing and public relations coordinator. During production of the award-winning film Coraline, Matusik served as assistant to the director. Matusik then went on to work for Lucasfilm. While at the company, she was responsible for creative content of the Lucasfilm franchise, crossing all lines of production, including television, film, animation, online, social media, exhibits, parks, and distribution. Her time at Lucasfilm earned her recognition and praise with several awards, including two Lovey Awards. Following Lucasfilm, Megan moved to Industrial Light and Magic, where she produced and managed second visual effects units for the Star Wars productions. Matusik brings her passionate support for content creators to Loco Plus, with her firm belief in the creative process colliding and supporting the local landscape, big and small, both leading to more opportunities for creators. After the break, Megan and Kate from Loco Plus. Welcome, Kate and Megan. Hello.
1: Thanks, Elizabeth.
0: So before we jump in, I want to start with our sort of standard question for the Creative MKE podcast. Take a moment to tell us a short story of an arts or cultural experience that left a strong impression on you.
2: I will go first. Well, one in the more traditional sense, my father's an artist. And I think growing up, you know, with a parent who's an artist, he... You know, was a boomer from the Boomer generation. and you know they, he, he had to have a trade outside of his art to make a living. You know so he became an architect. But I remember being in high school and it was kind of the first time that I saw my dad's art in the way of story. and I, I was able to kind of piece together that it was his journal. That the art form had cho- changed, the medium had changed, how he was presenting it had changed. And of course, I knew most of my dad's life. My dad has you know, is an incredibly joyous human being, but he's had, a, he's had a lot happen to him. And just to, I think, be able to walk in that, not necessarily having been an artist myself, in that true sense of the w- the word, I started to get really, really attached to art as a form of story and story as the most powerful vehicle for alchemy really that that was probably my earliest uh, you know kind of understanding I myself would then go on and apply that in uh, the businesses and the brands that I've created. Uh, the first being I started a nonprofit organization um, when I was a young adult that was for Kate's Club. And it was about... Uh, it is for children and families who've lost a parent when they were young. I being Kate, the founder, uh, you know, launched it with my own story of losing my mother when I was 12 years old. So the blocks just started to build from there. And obviously, that's what leads us to to loco plus and my incredible co-founding partner megan i think that's what makes you know us as a team want to bring this movement really to the masses that art is something that moves all of us it's in all of our lives whether we are the doer or the consumer of it mm-hmm. and that that connection is also it's ultimately you know the most powerful way we grow and do anything just as as a human species so mm. That's my story.
0: <laughs> Beautifully said, Megan. I'd love to hear from you. What's what's a an art or cultural experience that really stands out to you as as formative?
2: Yeah,
1: I think I can take it from Kate and just kind of segue into being a fan. I mean, I come from the fandom, fangirl world. I grew up on sci-fi and nerdy stuff. And you know, being on that side of it, and then always being inspired by movies and you know series and stories um, as a kid, and then had this like crazy opportunity to actually really do it as my first job in the industry, um, working on a film called Coraline. Mm-hmm. And the craft of seeing a stop motion animated film is unlike anything else. It's physical. It's got a ton of people, but it's all um, it's it's all in a very microscopic um, kind of process because everything is so small and everything has to be made to spec. So seeing my you know my first experience in the film industry at a large scale uh, feature film but had this opportunity to see crew work on this small scale, every little fingernail, Mm. every little hair piece. And it was this magical experience to watch collaboration at its finest, especially in this particular art form, because it still had a very physical, you know, art to it, which, you know, right. That was in 2009. So things are really, really in the digital era, but this had this special craft. And then the people that along with that was was an incredible experience. And so I became a fan even more nerdy <laughs> in mm-hmm. the animation side and then had the opportunity to uh, move down South and was at Lucasfilm for almost 10 years. Um, and there again, got to be a fan and see the collaboration and the 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 generational institutional knowledge that was you know within Lucasfilm and Industrial Light and Magic so for me craft of film and television really has to do with the people behind mm. it the creators that make it um and the team that is you know diligently working really hard together to make you know the single kind of product so yeah i think the art of filmmaking is what i'm always inspired by. So I'm as nerdy as you get when I want to know how it's made, (laughs) you know, what are they using? Because I think that's, um, you know, collectively a bunch of really smart humans that get together and make stuff.
0: I love that. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's such a nice segue into why you're here, why you're here on the show today. So Loco Plus is about to launch in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. It's a new market for you guys. So why don't you jump in and tell our listeners a little bit about the premise of Loco Plus, how it works, what's coming, what's coming down the pike.
2: Sure. Well, I'll just start by, yeah, what is Loco Plus? Loco Plus is the first streaming platform for local filmmakers, content creators, and music artists. And what we do is we level up these content creators, these storytellers from social media to be able to experience a curated, networked, distribution opportunity and that's important because right now as we look at the paradigm shift the great paradigm shift of digital content from both the top of streaming and everything that's happening with Netflix and Amazon and all the studios to the other side of the spectrum which is social media so TikTok and Facebook if you look at both of those as kind of independent markets for content distribution both of them are in a bit of a disarray they're they're both Having to you know understand how this is all evolving as we move into the new era of not just distribution but content creation. I'll let Megan talk about that because I think mm. she's seen how you know having the tools and the tech be more accessible has really birthed this new class of content creators. Mm. Um, and the biggest problem that we saw that we came together to fix. I just for a little bit of background information was working in economic development in Atlanta, uh, like Milwaukee, a burgeoning creative scene, but not necessarily the infrastructure, the resources that some of the coastal cities, New York and and LA specifically have had. And so part of my job was to try to understand how we could build a next generation infrastructure um, that coalesced these creators and allowed them to move forward in in their career and their development. And in seeing that, it just... you know, it, it's this talent is no longer just in these big cities like they mm-hmm. used to be. They're spread out all over. And we saw a huge. A huge opening in the market to go out and grab them um, as they're really developing and build a platform that was was just for them. And as Megan likes to say, the one of the big unique things about Loco Plus is that we put creators first. And this is really Megan's genius with her background in film. So I'll toss it to her to talk about how we do that and why we do that. And then I think, you know, we can also get into the audience side of it as well.
1: Yeah, coming from... I think you know moving into Lucasfilm and I sat in franchise a Star Wars franchise for a while which at the time I just wanted to be on films but I now in hindsight it was an incredible opportunity to really understand the business of creative and the business of franchise. So I sat there I was there for about 5 years really got a chance to study it and then was moved over to Industrial Light and Magic which I was a producer on a second unit visual effects unit that produced all the ancillary business for Star Wars movies and the Disney kind of empire that had come in, acquired Lucasfilm. So what was interesting and, and that was right around, you know, 2015 uh, to 18 was kind of the era but was really interesting to me, and I got to see it at a very high level of where technology was heading, and w- why the creative was getting more interesting because the tools were getting better. And getting to sit at industrial light magic and get to use virtual production tools, I was on the set of Mandalorian for a little while, mm-hmm. and see seeing how this was now going to be a lot more accessible to the emerging creator. Also saw on the app side, right? Like everything was becoming a lot easier to distribute on, you know, in mobile, So it was this moment in time where I I saw things changing and I knew the emerging creator was going to be part of this moment. So a lot of it has to do with my passion for storytelling and creators being able to have uh, their voice distributed. And it's very hard in the studio system that's currently set up. That's been around for over a hundred years. It's very top heavy. It's not meant Mm -hmm. for abundance. It's very scarcity driven. And so where Kate and I really came together with community And uh, industry was really finding this niche around the emerging creator and then layering the experience that we both have and understanding how to grow markets and build community. And also with my experience, learning from the best of the best at Lucasfilm and George Lucas of understanding that your creative IP... Your intellectual property is actually what you own and what is the most important thing that you hold and maintain. It's why Star Wars was able to constantly create for the fanboy, all the ancillary business that came out of that that was very true to... The fan, the fan boy, is because all of the creator was was maintained and managed within the Lucasfilm franchise. So mm. we are teaching creators how to do that themselves. We local plus is a platform built on technology. So the tools that we build for creators are meant to be long-term sustainable tools that include paywalls, ticketing, merchandise, all of these ancillary businesses that the studios already have in place that that's how they sustain very well is because they have multiple lines of business. So we are building that same system for emerging creators. So they will have the one up um, and be able to continue to sustain. So that is a little bit of background of how Kate and I came together and why this is very, very important to us and um, driven by passion for sure.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and as you were speaking about the production of Coraline, my mind was just just going back to your comment from before. My mind was thinking about how there are so many talented makers in Milwaukee, right? Across so many different sectors of craft and production, and they're all working on their projects and maybe they're working for a corporation or maybe they're working independently as a side hustle on an independent film, but it strikes me that so many of the people who are working and living here are involved in production in some capacity. So it's just really exciting to think about what it would be like to empower all those individuals with a mechanism for having a little bit more control over their intellectual property and um, be able to leverage that in, in more ways.
1: Yeah, I think it's yeah. also too just an acknowledgement of it. Most creators don't even understand mm. the value of that. Kate likes to say, and I love this this, so I'm gonna steal it from her right now, but we we consider ourselves the bat signal for creators. <laughs> you know, we're going out there first saying, come here, let's let's all you know network together, distribution, whoever holds distribution holds the purse. So we have the distribution platform that is create, is creator first and creator centric. So that means that, you know, the pocketbook will be closer to the creator, which mm-hmm. is important in this journey.
2: And I think what's important for creators to to know as well as they're getting going is somebody who is not from the industry, but has been and built in other industries is that there is value in your concept piece, right? Short film, music videos. We have to break down the construct from I've got a concept piece and then I got to go big or there's no path in between, right? Hmm. And what Loco Plus really hopes to disrupt and shift is this understanding of I can earn and and build value around my concept piece and Hmm. I can grow incrementally from there, right? So it feels more steady and more sustainable. And I mean, that is a program shift, you know, that that is why being local is so important to us Mm -hmm. because we realize that the trust and and the ability to really help these creators grasp this new concept of like, oh, it doesn't have to be billion dollar or bust. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't have control. You you mentioned the word control in how big I get or, you know, how how far and expansive I want this to, to go. We have no doubt in what we've already seen so far, that this it will be a much better path so that more creators can earn more. And as we always say, that just means the creative's going to get better, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tell our listeners a little bit about your relationship to Milwaukee as an emerging arts market and why you chose to launch Loco Plus
2: here. Yeah, well, I think so we, so. we launched in Atlanta and a lot of that was because I, I had come from economic development and it, her, already had, you know, it was a good starter market for us because we already had a, a lot of the relationships and the coalescing. And, you know, Megan and I wanted to be very intentional about who we saw as those kind of emerging, real culturally vibrant regional hubs, right? Mm. Milwaukee being right at the top of that, right? The colleges and university systems, the, you know, the creative and cultural vibe that I know through friends that I have in Milwaukee that there's been a real concentrated effort to have this, you know, this all work and coalesce. And it's not just Milwaukee that's struggling with that. I mean, Denver is our second market as well. And we've found that same thing. So we really have a passion for helping these communities like Milwaukee where the stakeholders are in. They are pushing as much as they can uh, at a time when it's really hard to get cities to organize around one vertical in any way, shape or form. And all we have to do, as Megan says, is it's really easy for us to bring in the bat signal because everybody's hungry for it. Everybody's thirsty for it. And that just means that the the energy around it is going to create momentum faster and then the third is, you know, quite honestly, we we were intentional about picking non-coastal cities, although I know Milwaukee kind of <laughs> is on the lake. Third but, um, you know, that's the future of this industry. And mm-hmm. I saw it in Atlanta firsthand. And I saw that, you know, the, the king never wants to see his kingdom in a different order. And so Hollywood doesn't mm. really want to see that coming. And when you're an entrepreneur and, and trying to build something uh, in a space, that has these very large incumbents, that's what you look for. You know, you look for the Zag. And I am so excited. We've already had such a warm reception in Milwaukee. Uh, we've got great partners there. newwaukee, MKE to, a- to LAX, no studios. So you have the, info- you know, you have the play space kind of already stepping up. And so it's got all the pieces. It's just mm-hmm. about bringing it together.
0: Awesome. Well, Can we sort of project a little bit into the future? Once we have creatives using the system and populating it with all of their productions and creations, how will that translate into infusing the creative economy of Milwaukee?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think Kate can talk a little bit about the economic side of things, but really, I mean, in a simple way, is we see it as really rising all tides together. Which these creatives are already killing it in what they're doing. They're already making content. We already—it's it's not about I think controlling that. It's really giving them the network and the mm-hmm. and and the support, unlike any other these platforms are doing. So Kate can really talk about I think the economic side because I think there's a lot of impact that we're doing there, and then also just where the landscape is right now.
2: Sure. Yeah. I think community is a big word for us. I think we also studied Megan's felt firsthand the obstacles uh, for creators to get distribution and to earn, you know, the YouTubes and the TikToks and a lot of the current uh, social media platforms. You know, you have to hit a certain milestone before you can even begin to earn money. Well, in local plus, you can start earning on day one. Uh, And that's, you know, that that's a huge incentive for creators to get on there and to Start to, to engage with their friends. When you use our tools, our you know, our, our revenue split is 80 20, 80 going to the creator. So we like to say, you know, for every dollar that Local Plus earns, $4 is going back into the pockets of local content creators. The faster we can start doing that, the faster the churn starts to build up. And when you start to think of it as a, in a local construct, you can start to see that one creator, you know, Gavin, Gal- Organizing a thousand fans and earning fifty dollars from those fans, they're suddenly making fifty thousand dollars a year, right? So you start to see it in a. I, I don't need millions and millions of followers and fans. Mm -hmm. This is about getting strategic and building that home base. And I'll tell you, especially, you know, as, as we're, you know, we're, we're looking at going into a recession. Entertainment Mm has, has, you know, steadfastly always been the thing that people won't let go of. Mm -hmm. And so this is a real, real awesome time for content creators to understand that and lean into that because we also know that patrons of the arts of entrepreneurs. We know from actually from crowdsourcing data that patrons and supporters prefer, even in this digital landscape where you can support anybody from anywhere, they prefer to support creators and artists in proximity to them. Mm. Geography does matter. Mm-hmm. And that data has not been shared, you know, in this massive universal construct of digital, but we're here to share it. So mm. it's a, it is a perfect alignment and a perfect time for creators to start to focus on local and no longer see it as a fence, but really see it as this opportunity to grab a foothold, build those fans that are going to support them the most for the longest and grow out of that, you know, and Mm -hmm. local plus, I I think we, we, you know, when people get on the platform, they see that this isn't about local being the only market you can reach. Mm -hmm. It's actually just the filter to be able to reach, you know, audience, faster as you, we like to call it a local gateway to global Mm. growth. So it's not, there's no constriction around that. It's just the focus opportunity, smart way to, to grow.
0: I love that. And that sort of segues into another question, which is just how, yeah, how this focus on building up local engagement and local community around artists, how does that help artists and communities to coalesce around the economic and social issues that they're facing in particular. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I have some pretty strong thoughts just about, I mean, we're all on screen, right? We're all meeting each other on screen, but like moving us offline in real life is very important. So I think moving those gaps closer together where we can have shared stories and experience, Mm. it's better and more efficient (laughs) offline. So I think Mm. where Local comes in and where Local Plus really does an incredible job is meeting everyone online through the story of Mm. content. And then we have the opportunity with live events to move that offline. So I think that's another piece of the economic puzzle that, that we can talk about around, I think it kind of serves, it hits two really good points, right? It it moves money into creators' hands by small events, large events, you know, kind of self managed. Um, and then it also brings the community closer together. It actually brings real life conversation happening, which we've known from the stats and the data that's come out in the last couple of years, like, that is severely affecting society. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more that we can really encourage these conversations in real life, we believe that the stories will kind of help bridge those, those kind of discrepancies. Mm. Out
0: there yeah that's that's great and it makes me think of something that imagine is very focused on which is trying to get a better handle on and contribute data to the story of what is the impact of artistic events on the economy in general right so like when someone goes out to a concert they're not just going out to support and put money into that artist's pocket they're putting money into the pocket of the venue they're you know paying for parking on the street they're going out to a restaurant or maybe they're staying in a a hotel, or maybe they're going out for a nightcap. So there's like a more comprehensive and layered component to how our dollars are put into action when we're engaging with the arts, right? And I think that's something that Imagine is going to be really focused on. Just to sort of give a shout out to our listeners yeah. who may not be aware of this, we are participating in the AEP6 survey, which is run by Americans for the Arts. And we are, through the end of April, going to be gathering data at arts events throughout Milwaukee. So you may see us there with uh, surveys and clipboards in hand. And please come talk to us and share information about the economic impact of your engagement in the arts. We would love to have your voice as part of the mix. Mm
2: Yeah. And I would, I would add to, you know, we now know content creation is the fastest growing small business segment across the globe. Mm. And so as we think about, you know, production of media and entertainment, that has implications, you know, all the way up to, I think, in the state of Georgia, with the film uh, growing here over the past uh, 8 to 10 years, is now a four times multiplier. So it's jobs, it's local economy, it's, you know, it is, it can be a really, really incredible engine. And I think opening people's eyes up to that may not have felt possible in the past because you had these stronghold hubs. It's really possible for any market. At this point, and the talent, like I said, is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what's very exciting for for Milwaukee for sure.
0: Awesome. So can we flip to uh, the user perspective? I would love to talk through what the Loco Plus experience is going to be like from a UX perspective. What can people
1: what can people expect? So, we are live now, golocoplus.com. So, you can check it out. We are officially launching Milwaukee on Saturday. We'll definitely give you information for a public event, creator event we're throwing on Saturday, a mimosa brunch. But, from a UX perspective, to make it simple for um, the listeners out there, think of it as Netflix in the front, YouTube in the back. So, think of it as a curated experience by genre, by location. But then on the backside, the creator has full autonomy, full control, full transparency of what they're posting, their data. So that's also very important. Their followers on our platform, once they get followed, they will receive their name and their email, which is unlike any other platform. We want to make sure creators have the data so they can market really easily back to the user and, and really create that intimate experience between the fan and the creator. Along the UX side, you can look at content by genre, by type, short form, longer form. Also, our biggest feature that we're very excited about. So Milwaukee... Get on the map because there's a very cool discovery map feature, heat map, that shows where our craters are in the United States. The more we grow those states, the more color we get on the map. So we're really encouraging everyone to you know get on the map, check it out, see who's out there, support your other craters too, um, in your market and other, other places too. And I think going to the user experience, that's what Kate and I are very excited about is the cross-pollination of the different markets and discoverability. Amongst that, you—it's very, very, very hard to find content creators by location on any
2: platform. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not. It's not. It's actually not offered. I mean, localization is not anywhere in the construct right now. So mm -hmm. the fact that you can't go to YouTube and say "Walkie Creators," you know, I mean, that's you know, first and foremost, the the value proposition for for viewers is like, okay, I'm going to be able to find those, you know, those local content creators.
0: Love that. I also love the mullet metaphor. (laughs) The Netflix YouTube mullet metaphor. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, And I also, I mean, having been in economic development, you know, and really one of the genesis of this idea was... Uh, a lot of cities have a lot of new young people moving to them to and you know this is the first the millennial generation is the first generation not to have a medium of uh you know that delivers local content in any shape or form i mean mm. you've had radio you've had newspapers you've had tv but those are all dying mediums and it's time that we had a medium that met that audience where they're at and mm. engage them in a way you know goes back to what megan was saying about the you know the live events it's like I'm going to go to local plus so that I can, you know, connect to local culture, uh, you know, easier, faster. And then that's how I'm going to get in, you know, really connected to the community. Mm. Um, so I think that's, that's a huge value proposition. I think we've just gone through this ridiculous era with, um, you know, with social media where we've kind of, this myth has been, you know, upon us that local doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I think there's just a myriad of ways where so many people are like, wait, I mean, it's it's all about local. Mm-hmm. Um, and a big part of our thesis is that the big pendulum is going to be swinging back um, for the creators, yes, but also for, for the audiences that they're post-COVID, there's a huge thirst to really get out there and engage. But who's, you know, again, where's the bat signal? that's going to help us do that um, and do that efficiently. Mm-hmm.
0: I love what you said about, um, you know, Milwaukee being a destination or rather what you were hinting at as Milwaukee being a destination. Because I think we know within the arts and culture sector here that it is a destination for film. It is a destination for music. The productions that are being created here are incredible. And I think there is a reputation nationally that's growing of Milwaukee being a hub of those things. So I think that's really exciting that there's the searchability aspect. If someone is like... I've heard that Milwaukee is a film town. I want to know more about that. Like they can actually dig into that information um, in one place.
2: The best way to amplify the message, you know, from Milwaukee to anywhere is through the creators that are already in Milwaukee. Mm. So that's, you know, that they are the extension of how, you know, it's like anything, the the more concentrated it is, the more it comes together, the louder, you know, it's going to vibe. So you're exactly right. And I think, you know, we've seen this in all the markets that we've launched in that it's easy to think, oh, we have to attract this to have it happen. I think Mm. Megan and I are like super, you know, consistent about it's here. Like you have it. It's just a matter of bringing it together in this, you know, in, in this way, this infrastructure, so that it's efficient and it can really take root and grow from there. We're very confident that that's will happen in Milwaukee very fast.
0: Yeah, so exciting. So, how can artists and potential audiences find Loco Plus and engage?
1: Visit us at golocoplus.com. for there. From there, you can check out all the amazing creators we already have on the platform. And then if you are a new creator and you want to sign up, there's a tab that says sign up. You sign up right there. It's free to join, free to stream. You set up a profile and a channel and then put up content that you so choose. You can choose to keep it public and freemium, or you can put up a paywall, um, a small paywall and have it a premium paywall around it for Everybody, users and creators, we'd love for you guys to join us on Saturday at our mixer. It's another place to get in touch with us. I'll be there. We also have our head of creator equity, Nisha Nice, who's also a recording artist out of Atlanta, who's going to be there with us as well. We have an incredible lineup of performers out of Milwaukee from comedians and music artists. We're having a DJ live stream. So there's going to be a really, really fun lineup, um, really celebrating the creators that are already in Milwaukee. And that is going to be this Saturday. October 29th, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at No Studios. It's going to be a rooftop mimosa mixer. So definitely don't miss it. And we can send you the Eventbrite link free to free to free to come. Uh, just need to sign up.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we'll we'll certainly link that in the show notes for sure.
2: Awesome. And all of our social channels too, if you want to follow us and keep keep Ooh, yeah. up to date with us uh, as we build is at GoLoco Plus, so that's Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Loco Plus on LinkedIn. Did I get them all, Megan? You got it.
0: <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, awesome. Well, before I let you go, I want to just blitz you with a quick question. So, from all of your incredible professional experiences, you had the power of making decisions as. Leaders of arts and culture within Milwaukee, with what you know about this community, what is the first policy that you'd pass in the next couple of minutes, the last couple of minutes of the show? If you could pass an arts policy, what would it be?
1: Elizabeth, this is a good one. It's going to take <laughs> okay. me a second to think about this, but oh man. I...
2: Well, hey, I think do you have yours? If, if you if you, if you st- I'm going to break it down. If you stem it down to the two biggest obstacles for emerging artists and content creators, the one is obviously financial. The second one is distribution, showcasing opportunities. You can take distribution off because we're we're coming in and doing that. That's and logo blesses is, is here to to make that very easy. So the policy I think has to be framed around how do we uh, incentivize independent content creators to continue to uh, to create, to produce, uh, and to showcase. And that is, you know, Megan and I talk all the time, like, it doesn't take a lot of money to get the, you know, to get a good piece of concept art done. Mm-hmm. And if we start to look at it as that's just the initial little churn that then the multiplier of how many creators you have doing that on top of them earning and being able to do bigger, bigger productions, mm-hmm. and then that wheel getting bigger and bigger, that's where it starts. Just starting with grants, incentives, mm-hmm. they don't have to be huge, but it starts to build the churn. And then they have the distribution with Loco Plus, they have the collaboration, the community already coalescing together. And I'll tell you, Elizabeth, you can have an entire arts, film, entertainment hub in Milwaukee that is sustainable, that is attracting new talent and development a lot faster than at any time before, um, you know, in the history of arts and entertainment. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, this is a very finest but but beautiful and common answer to this question on the podcast. So, Milwaukee has a few really pivotal micro grants for artists, but we're always hearing from creatives that they wish that they were more encompassing, or that they were less defined, or that they happen more frequently, or that you could have access to them again two years after you won it the first time. So, there just needs to be more of a a density of of opportunities available. Yeah.
2: Well, we also, I'll just say this too, Megan, you can add to it. Like one of the things that we think is very important in, you know, help educating creators in that learning curve is yes, getting that little boost is great, but relying on that boost, relying on money kind of being thrown at you is actually going to be a bigger deterrent in your career than Mm. learning how to fish yourself. Mm. So we like, because really the minute that you're starting to take big money from anybody is the minute that you lose. A lot of the power creatively, mm-hmm. you know, big labels are going to take your IP, studios are going to take your IP. You certainly aren't going to be in charge of your creative dr- journey. So, if we can just fine tune the creator's mentality that yes, getting that little starter money is great, but to rely on money being given to you and thrown at you is actually a deterrent to the sustainability mm-hmm. and growth of your career. And that a platform like Loco Plus helps you earn. So that you are able to be more in control for longer mm-hmm. uh, in that career. It's the whole teach you to fish and it's, right. it's not as daunting as, you know, as creators may think it is. They need the tools and they need the resources and the help to do that. And obviously that's a big value proposition of Loco Plus
0: hmm Yeah, there's a difference between like a band-aid, right? Something that helps you to navigate to creating a project and bringing it to completion versus something that empowers you with professional tools that you can continue to engage with and a network that you can continue to engage with. So I hear you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just to add to that, it's it's like the road to Hollywood is long. It just is. And I think there's that's a pinnacle for lots of creators, which is great. There's there's I think we totally encourage whatever dreams creators have. But like Kate and I want that journey to be quicker. We should have ways. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you're not in Mm -hmm. scarcity or abundance. You're there's a middle ground. Mm -hmm. So I think really, you know, but when you get to Hollywood, ownership will be a conversation that you will have to then have. And I think where Kate and I said is we want to teach you how to fish early on, show you that ownership's important. And yes, is microfunding from a policy level important? Yes. Cities and government should definitely get behind craters because they're changing, changing cities. They're bringing us closer together. They're helping with some of these big issues in all of our cities. Um, and they're able to tell that story different. And so, yeah, I think... Policy wise, yeah, just microfunding. I think I think what Kate said is like it's it's the one-up that a lot of creators need to get started to get that pilot piece, to then be motivated um, and energized to then make money around that piece of content. And then, you know, ideally, then they can fund their next one, not have to ask for money. And then and in exchange to that, they have ownership of that entire journey with the support of a distribution platform like Local Plus.
0: Mm, Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Megan and Kate, for your time today. This was really lovely to get to dig into Loco Plus and looking forward to the mixer this weekend. And uh, yeah, getting getting all my friends excited.
1: We can't (laughs) wait to have you. It'll be so much fun. We'll have to have a mimosa together.
2: (laughs) I'd love it. And thank you we we realize we're we're being welcomed with open arms in Milwaukee but I want to thank you Elizabeth and Imagine and uh, you know for just you know being a mouthpiece I think it's going to pay off you know in in a, a meaningful and extraordinarily valuable way as we move to this new era of of arts and entertainment so thank you thank you for having us and thank you for yeah. all that you do
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review, or contact us. Creative MKE is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Elizabeth Gasparka. The show's theme music was written and produced by Bobby Drake. To catch all the latest from Imagine MKE, hit us up at Twitter and Instagram at Imagine underscore M-K-E, or Facebook, Imagine M-K-E.